Uh, all right, Nate, Money Mythbusters, episode eight. Although we're not streaming live today. Come on, Facebook, we're trying to get the stream going. You didn't let us. Such a letdown. But hey, it's, <laughs> it's Friday. Still happy to be doing this episode with you. Absolutely. I uh, got a fun one. It's always a fun one. I always say that. It's another one that we like to go through talking a little bit about uh the way you contribute to retirement accounts, whether it's pre-tax or via something called Roth. So we'll talk about that in one second. But Nate, how's uh, how's your day going? You uh, hot over there? Is it uh, you know hitting 100 degrees in San Francisco? Definitely got some fans on me right now. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're deceiving because actually both of us have got sweaters on. <laughs> but I've got, I've got the AC blasting, so it's a, it's a little easier, right? Uh, uh, otherwise, if it was up to my choice, I'd be in a tank top right now streaming with you guys, right? So, 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but uh, before we get started here, a couple exciting changes. As those of you following us will see, we've made our name change, right? Let's talk a bit about that. I know it's, uh, you know, we've been Compass Capital Management Group for a little bit here. Uh, and Nate, near and dear to your heart, you started this under Compass, right? That's true. Yeah, so you get to yeah, be the one that announces what their new name is. Yeah, so we are officially Diversify Capital. So yes. super excited to have a name that finally, you know, more aligns with our values and what we believe in as financial advisors. So super excited about that. Obviously, Compass served us really well for the last five years, but uh, on to new and better things. So this is this is exciting. Yeah, well, it's still us, right? It's just the name change. Uh, and again, to help us continue to grow our brand uh, and for our clients and people that have been watching us on the stream, it's exciting. Diversify, of course, diversify investments, right? But just diversifying uh, the ability of how we, uh, uh, the, the clients that we provide to. And so we're going to share a little bit later about the meaning behind this. Uh, and, and again, something that uh, is near and dear to us as we're launching this. Okay, so uh, we're going to come to you now with as Diversify Capital. Uh, and of course, uh, the things that we talk about, so the, 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 the uh, topics that we're going to be discussing today, just a reminder that it's from an educational purpose only and not meant to be personal financial advice uh, to you guys. And if that's something that you guys are looking for, uh, we're always happy to help more, right? And so our new website, diversifiedcapital.com, you guys can find us there and find us more about our services going forward. Uh, again, so this is from an education purpose only, not only from the topic that we talk about, but also from a tax purpose, right? Uh, and then from an investment purpose. For the tax purpose, always be looking forward to have you uh, clarify these things with your tax professional. And if for any of the investment purpose items that we talk about, we wanna make sure that you're not uh, construing this as any type of solicitation to buy any products, okay? Again, from an invest, uh, education uh, is, is how we uh, describe the topic itself. All right, so in terms of talking about the topic today, it's a, it's a really good one because people are always asking us about you know, in my election to contribute to a retirement account, they give me a couple options, right? Should I do a pre-tax or should I do it as a, a Roth, right? And and I think, you know, the myth, right, that, that comes from that, right, comes from the matching portion, meaning that if I'm contributing to a 401k, I get some matching from my company. And so the myth is, hey, I've always contributed to a 401k pre-tax because that's how I get my matching from my company, right? So Nate, tell us a little bit about that. Is that true, right? How do I actually get the matching? And then we'll dive into some more of the details. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, for most plans that are out there, as long as you contribute the 
corresponding percentage of the match. Let's say they match 6%, as long as you contribute 6%, whether it's pre-tax or Roth for your contribution, you're still going to get that same matching dollar from your company, but your company is going to put it in pre-tax, right? Your company wants that deduction for contributing into your plan as a matching dollar. So you can still do 6% Roth in that example, and then you would receive 6% pre-tax from your employer. You can always do 6% pre-tax as as your alternative option, but it doesn't have to be pre-tax. You can choose Roth and still get your company matching, which, which is an important distinction. Yeah. And so when you mentioned that, right, when you mentioned in the terms of the way that a company matches, um, a little ad hoc here, not quite on our notes, but you know, what's confusing a lot of the times is the matching terminology, right? Like, like I'm going to match 50% on the dollar up to X percent, right? The way they talk mm, about it, right? Yeah, so, right. Um, you know, I think, you know, just to clarify that sometimes, right, there's going to be sometimes a cap on how much they max, right? So, so that mm-hmm. up to X, right, up to some percentage, right, is, is talking about the cap on how much they contribute. And then the 75 cents on the dollar or 50 cents on the, on the dollar is of your contribution, how much of it are they putting in? Basically saying, hey, you put in $1,000, we're going to match 50 per, 50% of that. So $500 up to some percentage, right? So that, that's a little clarification on how they match. But to Nate's point, whether it's pre-tax or Roth, right? The way that they contribute or we call it post-tax, right? They're still gonna be able to match it. It's just that the matching always goes into the account in a pre-tax basis. Meaning when you take out that money, right? The matching portion of it that they put in, that's still gonna be taxable to you. So tell us a little bit, Nate, about like, like if I were to leave the company, what should I be watching out for? Like, how should I be careful about the different types of contributions? Right. Yeah. So if you log into your uh, 401k dashboard, most platforms will have this section uh, talking about your sources, right? What's, what dollar amount of your 401k was pre-tax? How much of it was, was Roth? Perhaps you have an after-tax portion. All of these buckets really matter if you move your money outside of the 401k plan so that you don't accidentally pay tax twice, right? Mm-hmm. So if you decide, hey, I'm going to do my contributions in Roth dollars, but my company is going to match in pre-tax dollars, well, you have two different sources. And so if you move on from that employer, you want to move it into an IRA, you're going to need to move a portion of it into a rollover IRA, same as a traditional IRA. Uh, and a portion of it to Roth IRA. Again, the traditional rollover in this case is a pre-tax dollar. So you're still keeping it in the same tax status. And then your contributions that you went to your Roth 401k would want to go to a Roth IRA, again, so you don't accidentally pay tax twice on that contribution. So be very careful with your rollovers. Yeah. So it's a category thing, right? Making sure it fits into the same category, right? And then, of course... Uh, if you do do a rollover, they sometimes will ask you that, like, hey, was this pre-tax or post-tax? And you have to give them the right amount. So the dashboard right, look is important there. So that's cool, right? We talked about like whether or not you're getting, match- getting the matching or not. But what's the other question that we get often is like, well, should we even do pre-tax or should we even do Roth, right? So before I ask Nate that question, a reminder would be that the Roth, you're paying tax now, right? The, the, the pre-tax, you're not paying tax now, but you pay it later. So then the question comes like, which one's better? Which one is better for me? Like when what scenario, right, should I do one or the other? So Nate, share some insight there. Like how do we as planners talk about that comparison and what actually makes sense? Yeah, I think the best way to discuss this is through a visual. Um, so just to throw out this virtual very quickly, 
Uh, we're going to compare contributing to a brokerage account, so not doing any tax advantage savings here, doing a traditional IRA or pre-tax 401k or doing a Roth 401k. Again, if you do a brokerage, you are going to be subject to capital gains every single year, whereas your retirement accounts, whether it's pre-tax or Roth, will not. Uh, if you, like Alfred said, if you contribute um, to brokerage or to Roth, you choose to pay taxes now. If you choose to do a pre-tax 401k, you choose to pay taxes later. And that's really where the gamble is. Where do we think taxes are going to be into the future? In this example, let's say it's 32% for you now. Let's predict because your income's probably going to drop because you're not working in retirement, maybe it's 22% in the future. Let's assume the same rate of growth for all three buckets. Fast forward that over 15 years and you can see what the difference is, right? So in your brokerage, you have 18,000. In your pre-tax uh, 401k, you're left with 24,000. So this was the most advantage. And then your Roth 401k, you're left with 21,000. So still better than the brokerage by quite a bit at the same rate of return. Now, if you flip that and say, okay, 22% now, but we think taxes are actually going higher in the future, still a little bit of a benefit on that pre-tax 401k, but the Roth again is better than the pre-tax. So we are making that gamble. Where do we think taxes are going to go into the future? On one hand, you should be paying, you most likely will be making less income because you're retired. On the other hand, there's a lot of debate as to where taxes are going to be in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think what's interesting is in this, I mean, of course, right, that spreadsheet is someone doctored, right? Like if we actually made the, the tax rates the same, right, then the pre-tax in Roth is the same. And that's exactly what Nate is saying, right? Which is the comparison between a Roth and a pre-tax is really just about the idea of where the tax rates are gonna be. So it's not ever where one is always going to be better than the other. It's about kind of your personal expectation about where your tax rates are gonna be or, or, or the theory behind, right, uh, the projections of tax rates, right? And I think that's a really interesting one uh, to, to just focus on because so many times we've heard, hey, man, in the 30s and 50s, right? Like the tax, the marginal tax rates, the top tax rate was up to 70 to 90%, right? So if we are at 30 some odd percent today, and you know, we as a country, again, opinions are there, but let's say we're, I mean, quantitative easing, we're printing money right now, we're printing money. At some point we have to pay that back, right? Like we have to pay that back in a way where maybe it's from tax increases. So there is a worry, I think, from a lot of people that future tax rates are gonna go up. But I think there's also right a misunderstanding that those tax rates at 90 some percent, you can see it right there, 91%. I, we were just joking about this earlier. I make a hundred bucks back in 1950, right? At the top marginal tax bracket, I only get nine bucks from it because they're actually taxing me, right? at. Uh, 91%. But share with us a little bit, Nate, about what we actually look at in terms of the effective. Like, how much are actually people mm -hmm. getting taxed? Like, how many people actually fell into that 91% bracket back in the day? Yeah. I mean, to your point, why why even bother working for that extra nine cents on the dollar at the 91% tax bracket? So, as, as much as that might have existed in the past, you can see, at least over the past 30 years, the effective tax rate for everybody. This is all quintile. So, you know, your lowest incomes to your highest incomes, everybody's kind of hovered around low 20s, got into the high teens, high teens again, low 20s. The effective tax rate, right? This is one of the very first myth busters that we did when we talked about bonus income. 
but this is talking not about the marginal, but the effective tax rate has actually been very, very similar for decades, three decades here that we're looking back at data. And so as much as, you know, we may run into some issues around, you know, all the quantitative easing that we're doing right now, uh, I feel that the effective tax rate may not change as much as some people fear. And so the idea is, well, you're probably more certain not going to make as much income in retirement during compared to your working years. And so when you're trying to weigh that pro and con of, okay, well, yes, I'm going to be making less money, but tax rates are going to be going higher. This is more of that known. Mm -hmm. And then this, based on what we're seeing in the past 30 years, this has been less and less of an actual issue. So I wouldn't let that scare you and push you to put, you know, more into Roth than, than necessary. Yeah. And again, this is our opinion, right? This is Diversified Capital's opinion in looking at some of the data. And, and people are going to vary in their opinion. And that's okay. That's the beauty of being able to discuss this th these things, right? right. Um, you know, and, and if you look at the top 1% of people, right, the marginal, t the, the, the rates of the top 1%, you know, they are in the 30s, uh, you know, percentage rate for an effective rate. And even in the 1950s, okay, when top marginal tax rates were 91%, I think we were seeing the effective rate being 42%. So we're not that far from that. It's not like we're paying some significantly lower rates of income tax as we stand today, right? But there are still reasons to put to Roth. Like if your income is lower for the next couple of years and you think that uh, that's going to go up significantly higher, then maybe your tax rates today isn't the highest, right? And putting to Roth makes sense. Or, right, if you have a situation where you are in the camp of, I don't want to.